Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good evening, everyone. You're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Tonight on the Dating and Relationship Show, we're talking about obsession in dating and obsessive love disorder, a condition where you become obsessed with one person you think that you may be in love with. You may have an overwhelming attraction to this person with controlling obsessive thoughts about them. You might feel the need to protect and control them as if they are a possession. When it comes to dating, obsession in relationships can turn toxic quickly and can even become dangerous. Tonight, we will cover what obsession in dating looks like, how to tell if you are too obsessed with your relationship, and on the flip side, warning signs and how to approach a conversation if you feel like your partner or the person that you're dating has obsessive tendencies, as well as overcoming obsessive tendencies and so much more. I am so honored to have Alana Pratt on the show. She is an intimacy expert from L.A., a go-to authority for those who have suffered heartbreak and are ready to live unapologetically and attract an open-hearted, ideal relationship. She is a certified coach with nearly 5 million viewers on YouTube. Yes, can I say that again? (laughs) 5 million viewers on YouTube. She's an intimacy expert, relationship coach, author of six books, and the host of the edgy podcast, Intimate Conversations. Let's welcome, I think we should have a drum roll here. <laughs> <laughs> Alana Pratt to the show. Oh, Hi. you are so kind. It is so great to be here, a fellow Canadian. And, you know, whenever I get introduced, you know, I just put one foot in front of the other and I just serve. I give, I show up every day. But because I've been doing that for 20 years, there has been some different achievements that have racked up over over the days. And yet really what it comes down to is exactly what's happening right now between you and me, an intimate conversation, transparent, vulnerable, real. So thank you so much for having me. And I think we're going to help a lot of people with this conversation. So let's dive right in because we don't have much time. We have less than an hour here. Okay. So I want to start the conversation with why might someone be obsessed with finding love or the search for love? Let's weigh in on this. Yeah, this is the epitome of my entire practice. I was miswired. I was backwards. I had it that my worth was from the outside in. If you love me, I'm enough. If you text me back, I'm enough. If you want to date me, marry me, sleep with me, any of the above, I'm enough. I didn't have it properly wired from the inside out that I'm enough, and that's the end of the sentence. I am, and that's the end of the sentence. I didn't cultivate this sense of worthiness, home, safety, security from the inside out. I was seeking it desperately on the outside in, which of course led to two divorces and a 12-year custody battle and all sorts of fun things. 12-year custody battle? Did you say 12 years? Wow. I did. Yes, I did. And not to go into any of that, you know, drama about it, but I, I lost all my assets. And in the end, I just gave in for peace. So I know the pain that being obsessed with the outside in, with somebody, uh, am I good enough? It can cause us. So I'm really committed that we all begin to rewire ourselves from the inside out so that we can let go of these obsessive, uh, compulsive behaviors and find peace and power and confidence and joy from the inside out. 
Yeah, and I think as human beings, we crave emotional connection and interaction. We want to be wanted. And it could be because, uh, you know, you're trying to get over someone. Maybe you feel alone. You're not comfortable with yourself. You're dependent on someone else for your own happiness. And sometimes I feel like for women, it's because their biological clock is ticking and they want to meet someone so badly because they want that white picket fence. They want the family. So they begin obsessing over getting married. Or how about sometimes TV and the media, they cause people to become obsessed with finding love. Watching these love stories makes people so excited to find true love of their own when really what they're watching is a far cry from reality. Sometimes people become obsessed because of... How about societal pressures, you know, constant uh, questions from the family and friends. You go to dinner with the family. It's like, hi, hi, when are you going to get married? Like, aren't you tired of being single? Yeah. Why why are you single? They don't understand. They don't know how difficult it is out there, right? Yeah. I think all of this uh, causes us to, to become obsessed in finding the one. But again, yeah, you're totally right. I love this quote. No plan survives its collision with reality. No plan, no life no, survives its collision with reality, which means if you, you have a plan, I'm going to get married by, you know, 28, have a child by 30, mm-hmm. have my second child by you know, this fantasy, this plan, it never survives its collision with reality because it, indeed it is a fantasy. It's based on looking good, pleasing others, getting your parents to shut up, looking good, competing with others. It's all, again, what I said before, this outside-in reality that, yes, we're all stuck in this soup where we have all these pressures, but we're not victims. We have choice, and our point of view is our choice, and we are the ones that train people how to treat us. You know, we only get what we tolerate. So if the only conversations you're letting yourself have in your head or with your friends or with your family are making you feel like crap, you get to change that. You get to invite other deeper, more meaningful conversations with yourself and with your friends and with your family and cultivate a world that reflects back your worth, that you're already good enough, you're already whole you're already complete. And yeah, on top of that, a kid would be great. On top of that, a man would be great. But I don't need them to be enough. I already am enough. Does that well make sense? Well said. Yes, it makes a lot of sense. Well said. Okay, so let's talk about what obsession and dating looks like, what it entails. Yeah, well, obsession and dating is when you start dating empty, desperate, needy. And then when you start to meet people, you're fake. You know, who do they need me to be? What did they say they liked in their profile? Oh, I can be that. You know, we give away our truth. We sell our soul. We prostitute our spirit just to get that hit from somebody else that indeed I am good enough. And so what it'll look like in dating is a lot of fake conversations, a lot of withholding of truths. Oh, yeah, I love to run when you hate running. You know, you're really into yoga, like just giving away everything that really matters. And it goes deeper and deeper. Sometimes you even get into a relationship after the dating happens and, oh, yeah, sure, I want a kid, but you really aren't ready to be a parent and you bring a child into the world that isn't chosen. It was just by happenstance, right? So there's a lot of devastating things that can happen when you don't slow down and do the inner work so that you're at choice 
to date because this is this would be an addition, a contribution to my life as opposed to I'm not good enough until I finally find the one. Because even if you succeed, then you got to keep the one. And that's when the manipulation occurs and the desperateness continues. Right. And it's a never ending cycle that never ends up uh, healthy or thriving. And- and the person in the relationship that has the obsession can basically turn into a stalker where they follow your every move, they want to know where you are, who you're with, and everything in between. They try sure. to hack into your phone or your computer. I mean, I have experience with this. <laughs> to be able to get a closer eye on, on you, it's almost like this person's watching you all the time. And Again, I mean, from talking from experience, I mean, this can become a very, there's something very eerie about that. They just don't respect your personal space. Um, boundaries don't exist with this person. They become codependent and untrusting, and you become their main focus. Yeah, you, you're feeding them. It's actually energetic. I'm, I'm an amazing coach. I would call myself, I don't market myself as a healer, but I'm very aware of energy and I'm also a geek. So everything that I know intuitively, I want all my quantum physicists on I my podcast that. to prove to me, what am I really tapping into here? And here's the deal. People that are obsessive have shut their heart to themselves. The heart is actually the window to harmony, kindness, love, compassion, empathy. It raises, and we can measure this, it raises our coherence so that we use the best of our brain, our prefrontal cortex, and when our heart is open and coherent, kind, empathetic, compassionate, it also turns on our intuition. And our intuition and instincts is what keeps us safe. So if your heart is closed, you have no intuition, you can't trust yourself, you, the best of your brain is turned off, and the worst of your brain, fight or flight or freeze, is turned on. So it's kill or be killed. And when someone's obsessive, their whole body is shut down, their heart is shut down, they're, the worst of their brain is being used, and they're literally feeding off the energy of another. That's why it gets so desperate and all the stalking happens, because they haven't found energy, life force energy, aliveness from themselves in as and through themselves it's science and this is why it can get really really scary because they think the only place to find energy is from you i love this this is so interesting um so why may an individual become obsessed with someone in the early stages of dating well because they don't do the inner work and they're looking to feed off another Because it's easier than the brave, humble, courageous work, vulnerable work of growing up and maturing spiritually on the inside. And also, too, like, um, I think, too, when somebody's longing for something and then when someone is nice to them, they fear losing that person. I think it's a lot about the fear of loss. They're scared to lose the emotions that this person maybe brings out in them. And a lot of it is surface level. They see something in the person that they've been looking for, or it reminds them of a past relationship. And sometimes this is caused because they lack self-esteem and the person uh, maybe makes them feel good. They feel confident around them and they, they just really want to hold on to that feeling. What do you have to say about that? Well, let me tell you, in the next segment, I think we might be wrapping this one up because i got a lot to say about Look how to... you. Do you want to take over the show? <laughs> I love you. Okay, we're going to continue this conversation. We're talking about obsession and dating with Alana Pratt. We'll be right back.
Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Tonight on the Dating and Relationship Show, we are talking about obsession and dating and obsessive love disorder, a condition where you may have an overwhelming attraction to someone that leads to obsessive thoughts and actions towards them. My special guest is Alana Pratt. She's an intimacy expert, relationship coach, author of six books, and the host of the edgy podcast called Intimate Conversations. And before the break, uh, we were talking about why an individual might become obsessed with someone in the early stages of dating. And Alana has more to say about that. So continue. (laughs) I love what you were saying about the fear of losing out. Like Mm -hmm. it's early stages and somebody is giving you attention. So here's the deal. When your heart is shut down, And you're empty. And the only thoughts you have is I'm only good enough if somebody gives me attention, for example, if somebody texts me, etc. And then somebody gives you the sliver of attention. It's like, it's like water. You've been in a desert and here's your oasis. So you're like, I need this. And this is where we make the, the mistake that a person is the source of our life force energy. A person is the source of our worth our identity. It's another outside in. And so we begin to fantasize. We can't stop thinking about them because we finally found the oasis of water, but it's all an illusion. It's all a fantasy. Are you hearing this, people? It's all an illusion. It's all a fantasy. Okay, continue. (laughs) Well, you know it's a fantasy because you can't think straight. You can't focus on work. You forget to work out. You can't even sleep at night. Like, that's not healthy behavior. So you know it's not healthy. But it's like an addiction. So you just keep going for another hit. And you reread the text. And you're wondering what they're doing. And you're obsessed with it all. Notice where this is all happening. The brain the spinning fear-based mind that's, or ego, we could call it, that's trying to control you. In order to take your power back, what you've got to realize is why, and ask a question, why do I need, and I'm using that word on purpose, need their approval so bad. If you're willing to slow down and grow up and wake up and tell the truth, it's because on the inside, you don't think you're so cool. You but what think- I- Sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't want to cut you off if you have more to say. No, but just let me finish that thought. I appreciate you. So if you're willing to slow down and go, oh, my God, the reason why I need that from the outside in is that I doubt my worth. I doubt my enoughness. And if you turn the tables and start to cultivate an intimate relationship with yourself, which is very boring to the ego, the fantasy, oh, my God, I'm the one and they chose me. And oh, my God, where's my wedding? And can we please be on The Bachelorette or what? Like all of that stuff got to be willing to let the drama go and spiritually mature and start to fall madly in love with who you are and not just your pretty parts, the wobbly parts too. And when you do that, you are a self-confident, aware, grounded, mature, see the red flags, healthy boundaries person. And those people that shine you on and say you're all of that in a bag of chips, they're not attractive anymore because you can see they're trying to manipulate you. And that doesn't turn you on anymore. Only healthy people turn you on. Well, now, what about the analogy that, you know, this person checks all the boxes? You've been looking for this person for so long. You've been single for so long. Because let's face it, it's a jungle out there. 
online dating is, it, it's so hard to meet someone when you're dating online. It's like finding a needle in a haystack. And then all of a sudden, you come across this person and it's like, whoa, like, and you don't even know the issues they have. Like, you haven't even gotten there yet. But you meet this person and you think, wow, like, they check all the boxes. I can just, I envision my life with this person. We would be great together. I, the chemistry's on par. We seem to get along. Um, and how about that? Because I'm sure there's going to be people listening going, well, what about, you know, I finally meet this person and that's why I become obsessed with them because I want to be with this person and I can't find someone. Well, the whole thing you just said, there's nothing wrong with making a list of all your deal breakers and there's nothing wrong with meeting someone that checks all the boxes. But notice the presupposition of all of that. And now everything's okay. And now I'm okay. And now I can relax. Notice it's still addiction to the outside in order to rest on the inside. And I'm a human. I'm a single woman. I'm a, I have a thriving practice. I have coaches that work for me, etc. But I'm also a hot mess from time to time. <laughs> I'm, I still have my own coaches. I think it's absolutely irresponsible to be a coach if you don't have a coach because I can't mm-hmm. see my blind spot. I agree. And I, and I met somebody about a month ago and he checked all the boxes and we were getting on like a house on fire. But here's the, the piece that kept me safe and uh, aligned with my soul. Mm-hmm. Even though we were getting to know each other, remember the difference between the mind and I was saying about the heart and the body? Okay. I know that my mind will go off into a future. And within three seconds, I've already planned the next 20 years with this person. So I'm not present. I'm not listening to my intuition. And I'm not letting my heart know before my brain thinks. So the way, one of the practices I use to get into my knowing, which is what's true and safe and my gut and my instincts, is my dance practice. And so I have a dance teacher on Zoom right now from COVID, and I get out of my head and I listen to the energy in my body. I pretty much cry almost every class that I have, or I get really angry. It's a place to process the emotions that I've been stuffing away all week, working on the business, this type of thing, being of service rather than being served. And so as I was thinking about this gentleman, even though he ticked all the boxes, my face would do this scrunchy thing. Every time I thought about him, I'm like, what is my face scrunching about? My body's wisdom was talking to me. Now, here's the next step. I listened. I slowed down enough to face it, feel it, and then take action. That's a big deal, people, because a lot of us know but we just push away the red flag or the intuition or instincts yeah, come up. True. Oh, no, 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 no. No, we push it away. Ah, ah, stop today denying your knowing and be brave and cultivate the capacity, which is what I teach in all my various programs, how to first slow down and listen and then feel and then the accountability. I've got your back. Let's take the action based on this. So the next time I had a conversation with him, I just went to that scrunchy place in my face <laughs> and I let the energy come out of my mouth as words. And what I said was, my gut was like, he's not, he's still married. That's what my gut said. And so what came out of my mouth was, hmm, how long have you been divorced? You know, giving him the benefit of the doubt. And he's like, oh, no, I'm actually still married. We've been in, you know, divorce court for a very long time and all the rest of it. I went, ah, and then here was the next line. Does that matter to you, though, if someone's separated or divorced? Does that really matter to you? Oh, 100%. The foundation of a relationship is everything. You want to build a house with no foundation? See how well that goes the first time there's a storm 
going to fall some over. Some people might argue that they've left that relationship long before it even ended, right? So I, maybe they're only separated, but they haven't really gone through that. I know several people as a matchmaker who are separated, but they haven't yet gone through that the divorce process. But yeah, no, you can settle. In my opinion, that settling, that saying nine out of ten is fine for me. For me foundations are everything. I've been married and divorced twice. I've been through a long ass custody battle. I know that when you don't a hundred percent start a relationship solid, you're setting yourself up for failure. If you don't have the conversation about money, you don't have the conversation about kids. You start something when either person isn't a hundred percent present. But not on the I first be- date, please. <laughs> not on the first date. You're, you're looking, you're looking for trouble. So I will not date anybody that's not a hundred percent divorced, a hundred percent present and a hundred percent ready for love. I don't want someone that's a seven out of 10 present or a nine out of 10 with me. I want a hundred percent because I deserve it and I value myself. So yes, the conversation back to the conversation. He said, no, I'm not. I go, you know what? And here's the brave part and the taking action part where a lot of us cave because we're desperate and we're needy and we don't have the self-confidence to live on our own and honor ourselves and and value ourselves. Like we want to be loved and valued, but we're not doing it to ourselves. That's crazy making. You've got to walk your talk. So I said, you know what? As much as this disappoints me um, and hurts me, I only date 100% divorced present people. And so I wish you the best on your relationship journey. And I cannot wait for you to call me when you're officially divorced. And he was just, he reacted a little bit in the beginning and he's like, oh my God, I have never met a woman who values herself so much. It's awakening something inside me that's been dormant my whole life to be a king, to be that noble man. And I said, great. And so I haven't heard from him since. Now, what did I do after? I had a big cry and a tequila shot. I'll be honest, okay? Like, I was sad. One tequila shot? (laughs) But I didn't disown my heart. And here we are saying we want someone to honor our heart, but we disown it ourselves, and we're wondering why we're getting the results we're getting. No, we all have, it all starts on the inside every single time. Amazing. So let's continue our conversation because we have so much to talk about. So what are some of the red flags that that you may be too obsessed with your relationship? Well, you've let everything else fall. You've forgotten your friends. You uh, can't sleep very well. You uh, are on like this intoxicated high thinking, you know, they're the reason why your life is working. You're giving all your power away to them being the source of your aliveness. No, no, no. Source is source, God, the universe, whatever word you like to use. It's an energy that comes through many, many channels through you. No person is that source. So a red flag is if you're, you're um, letting work slide, letting friendship slide, not going to the gym. You had a, a, a girl's night out and you canceled it because he said at the last minute, hey, do you want to go out for dinner? And you ditch your friends. It's mm-hmm. that kind of uh, behavior that shows you that you're not, you're not valuing your boundaries. But a lot of people feeling... do that, though. Once they get into a relationship, that's it. It's over. Or how about you're tracking them, you get angry when, when they want time alone, you put this person on a pedestal, you tell them how perfect you think they are, you're always wanting to talk to them, uh, you always want to know what they're doing, you, and, and then how about this, you feel lost when they're not there. So well, again, because yeah, you're looking from the outside in to feel found, find your friggin' mm. self. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm a big, a big advocate of that. And then your mood is dependent on what they're doing. 
and you're, it's almost like your emotional well-being depends on them. And, and then I feel like you're up and down like a roller coaster. And I think we've all experienced this. I mean, there's nothing wrong with you if you experience this from, you know, once in a while, right? I mean, but it's, the danger, it's dangerous, though, when you experience this with every relationship that you go through. Yeah. One thing I want to make very clear, there's nothing wrong with you ever. Let's really let that sink in. There's nothing wrong with you ever. We are all just evolving. That's all we're here to do. Experience and evolve. And if there's a certain behavior or way you're going about relationships that's causing suffering and pain, you're still worthy. It's just time to do the inner work and to love yourself, not judge yourself or criticize yourself for the behavior, but have compassion and empathy and be brave and humble and reach out for help to do the inner worth, uh, inner work so that your worth is solid and that your mood is no longer dependent on external circumstances. Yes, it will go slightly up and slightly what, down. Yeah, and it's amazing what you can attract and who you will attract into your life once you become this person and you are yes. comfortable with yourself and you do like yourself and you can feel comfortable and happy, happy being on your own. I think that's what COVID did for me because I had to spend time alone. Yeah. And so I yeah. just I just started dancing in front of the mirror and getting into shape and just working on myself and and Good I just you. became a better me and I, I just oh, feel a lot happier now. I love it. The lady that was the Brady Bunch mom, I met her at some event and I said, "Oh, oh, you're amazing. What is the one piece of wisdom you have that I can give to my community?" And she said so regally, "Love living alone." And I'm like, whoa, that is so deep and so true that if we can't love ourselves in our aloneness, we will always seek and give our power away and and people will be able to use us and manipulate us. I totally agree. Now, my next question, I think, is going to take a a little bit of a longer answer, so we might have to continue it into the next segment. But I'm really interested to know your viewpoint on this. Where does obsession stem from? To me, it's obvious that obsession points towards a deeper subconscious issue that stems from your childhood that has never been resolved. But we're going to answer this when we come back. Stay tuned. We're talking to Alana Pratt from L.A. on the Dating and Relationship Show, and we're talking about obsession in dating. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're tuned in to Global News Radio, 640 Toronto, the Dating and Relationship Show. It's Sunday night. I'm your host, Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca. Tonight we're talking about obsession in dating, what it looks like, why it happens, red flags that you may be too obsessed with your relationship where it stems from, and advice on how to overcome this obsession if you are the one with obsessive tendencies and so much more. Joining me tonight is intimacy expert Alana Pratt. She's a go-to authority for those who have suffered heartbreak and are ready to live unapologetically and attract an open-hearted ideal relationship. So before the break, I asked you where obsession stems from. Because as I mentioned, it to me, I think um, obsession points towards a deeper subconscious issue that stems from our childhood that maybe has never been resolved. So I'd love your viewpoint on that. Mm, Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Mm -hmm. We all arrive forgetting who we are. We forget that we're whole and complete and connected to life 24-7. And we're a little kid. 
And we look to our mom and dad for attention, safety, approval, appreciation. And our parents, by the way, are human. So they're perfectly imperfect. So there's going to be a day when you're looking for that attention and it doesn't happen. Or even worse, maybe they got angry at you and frustrated. Or even worse, they were physically or verbally abusive. And you start to learn, oh, being me isn't working here. I've got to be somebody else in order to get love, in order to be safe, in order to get approval. And that gets imprinted on you as you grow. And then you start to be who you're not in all these different relationships to get, again, outside in, love, approval, appreciation, etc. And then life gets so horrible, like for me, the, the period of divorces and custody battle, etc. I'm like, you know what? The only one in common here is me. <laughs> I think it's time that I start to do some inner work. And you go back and you it's like an inner child kind of work where us as big me goes to little me inside of our heart and says, hey, you have every right to feel insecure. You have every right to be afraid you're not good enough. You have every right to think you need to be somebody you're not just to get a sliver of attention. I hear you. And you start to create a relationship on the inside where that part of you begins to speak up. And instead of trying to change that part and fix that part and and make it different, which is normally what we do when fear comes up, change it. Sadness comes up, change it. Shame comes up, squash it. That's the opposite of what works. What works is leaning in and having compassion and empathy. That's what dissolves shame and, and, and fear and sadness is becoming one with the little one inside you. And this is the depth of the intimacy work that I teach. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's, that. Talk about that. let's talk about the inner work. So what advice would you give to those people who tend to fixate on their relationships to the point of obsession? Yeah, I would say go to my website, alanapratt.com, and sign up for my heartmates. I actually am launching a dating app. Uh, There's a curriculum, a year-long curriculum called Heartmates. I also have group coaching and private coaching and VIP. I have lots of different levels if you want, like a one-on-one experience. But this, the group mentality where we're all real and we're not here to find the one. We're here to become the one to find the one. It's a totally different way of dating. So everybody that's been so disappointed by these obsessive people that use them, or they are obsessive themselves, or they attract emotionally unavailable you know, people, or a string of narcissists, or people that ghost them, any of these behaviors, it's not very popular in the beginning, but we've created that. We've attracted those people. Who did that? We did that. Not to judge ourselves. Not to criticize ourselves, but to grow up and take ownership of, oh, I'm the one in common. Maybe I've got some work to do so that I can have the relationship that my heart and soul yearns for and be willing. And it's a one-year program because I'm sorry, we've been at these behaviors more than, you know, a month. We've been at them oftentimes a decade or more. And so to, to profoundly commit a year of your life to become the one to find the one while dating, while meeting people, while practicing communication. But we start off with our inner work first while we meet people so that when you meet meet people within this dating app, it's not, oh, my God, are you the one? And we lose ourselves. We practice (laughs) revealing ourselves. You're so funny. You're so animated in your videos. (laughs) (laughs) This is 
what it takes. There's no way through but through people. If there was a quick fix pill, I would be a millionaire. You so know, just just to just to uh, so people can relate. So some of the things that maybe you teach in the program, like are, are they things like rediscovering yourself, maybe practicing self care and self reflection, taking time to do things that you love. You know, maybe pursuing acti- an activity that you love or spending time with people that you enjoy being around. Maybe not just your partner. Um, like, what are some of the things that you teach in that program? Just yeah, all of those are wise um, steps to take. And no offense, but it's all sprinkles on top of an ice cream cone of crap. Because it's all the right thing to do. But we all do that. And we still attract the crazies. Or we still behave crazy. So it's actually deeper. 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 It's deeper. It's deep, it's deep healing work with our emotional triggers and our emotional traumas and wounds. I have been highly trained by quantum psychology and spiritual technology practices that work with the brain, the quantum field, the heart to actually not, you can't get rid of fear, shame and anger and, and, and uh, sadness, but you can transform it into power. It's a part of you. You can't get rid of a part of you. It's a part of you. And why, and so, why do we attract the crazies? Because inside of us, we're crazy. <laughs> we attract, very, very simple. Likes attract likes. <laughs> yeah, vibrations attract vibrations. As much as we love blaming the other person for everything, we're the one that attracted them. And science says like attracts like. So we have to own that we might be like 98%, pretty amazing. But it's the 2% that keeps sabotaging us every time. And to go, okay, this is the year I do the work. This is the year I become whole. And then our vibration scientifically rises, and we will attract a like person who also has done the work, who realizes that even once we find each other to become the one, to find the one is what it's required to keep. But how many people actually do the work? Like, how, like getting guys into your program must be so difficult because it's Not so at all. I have amazing therapy. noble really? badasses in my That's program. amazing oh, yes. to know. That's amazing to hear. Oh, yeah, for sure. Tons. I mean, all you have to do is suffer for a certain period of time, and then you're like, okay, I give. I'm willing to do the work, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and we don't need millions of people on a dating app to find the one. I don't want to be heartbroken by thousands of people. I want there to be a small, high-caliber group of people that all do the work so I can go, bingo, there they are. That's what I'm interested in creating for people. We need to take a break. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about obsessive tendencies and how you approach a conversation with your partner if they have obsessive tendencies. We'll be right back. Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Tonight on the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, I'm joined, and I'm Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. I'm joined by intimacy expert Alana Pretz. She's a go-to authority for those who suffered heartbreak and are ready to live unapologetically and attract an open-hearted ideal relationship. We're having such an amazing conversation. Um, you really know your stuff, girl. I mean, how long have you been mm-hmm. in the industry? 20 years now? 20 years. Yeah, I'm 50. So it's, I don't know how it happened, but and you <laughs> look gorgeous years. for 50. Gorgeous. Oh, thank you, sweetheart. I never oh, tell you... people my age on the radio, so God bless you. <laughs> oh, well, I have nothing to be ashamed of and everything to be proud of that when yes. we do the work inside, 
we literally become youthful and radiant and we love being alive and we're very magnetic. So I want to be a, an advertisement for doing the work. <laughs> so thank you. That's awesome. Okay, so let's look at the flip side. So if you're the one that feels like your partner has obsessive tendencies, how can you, how can we approach that conversation with them? Mm. Actually, I wouldn't have a conversation with the partner that's obsessive before I would own that I attracted an obsessive partner. And so the question becomes, what do I love about my, my partner being so obsessive? Way before you even have that conversation, because it takes two to tango. So a lot of us insecure, low self-esteem, want all the attention. In the beginning, isn't it great that they text me 30 times a day? I feel so needed. I feel so wanted, right? And then it starts to get annoying. But we're the one that attracted that in the first place. So once you own that, and I would say also do the work to heal that, then you go to your partner and you own it first. No blame here. You, I always teach the sandwich. I learned that back when I used to run Toastmaster meetings, like the sandwich and during table topics. So you don't go for the jugular right out of the gate, or you put someone on the defensive. So first you start off with a piece of bread of appreciation. Hey, I love that we are in relationship. I love that we have the safety to talk about anything and that we don't judge each other. And I'm so grateful for you that I can share my, my truth with you. I have something on my heart. Can I, can I speak from my heart? Permission. Then you go to the middle of the sandwich once they give you permission, and then you own it. I realize that in the beginning, I loved how much attention you gave me and how you'd text me all the time, and you always wanted to know where I was. I felt wanted. I felt needed. I felt enough. And I realize now that that was my own insecurities. And so I was about to blame you for, for being what I would call obsessive, but I realized I wanted your obsessive qualities before, and now they're annoying me. So I have an idea, if you'd be open, we could both start to do the inner work to bring our own internal relationships into oh balance goodness, I love so that, that we could bring our relationship into balance. And then the end of the sandwich with the bread, again, is give it, give it over. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? I'd really like to hear how it's been for you. That will, uh, and then you call Alana and you do the inner work with me and then we like heal everything. But like, that's the way to handle the conversation. Own it. Don't blame it. I love that. That is so that's such great advice. Okay, so probably our last question here. Um, what advice or actionable steps would you give to someone who, let's say, can't quell their obsession with finding love? Yeah, I would. I'd, okay, I mean, some people might come to you, but let's just say some people are not going to come to you because there are those people out there. It doesn't matter <laughs> what you say to them. They are not going to get help. So. Well, those people then aren't even listening, so it doesn't even matter. I'm not talking to those people. If they don't want help, then bless them on their journey. Send them lots of love um, and white light and just, you know, release them. So that's fine. The ones that do want some support, I'm going to tell you about a complimentary webinar that I'm giving about coming full circle to find the one. So I'll give you that link in a moment because it's really, I'm going to take you through three different places going from fear and being manipulated or being the manipulator to feeling freedom and feeling appreciated within yourself and within your relationship. So uh, I'll give you the link at the end for that. But really, the step to first take is put your hand on your heart and stop judging yourself. You're doing your best. You're in a world where society and COVID and all sorts of these things are making life even more uncertain than it normally is. And just give yourself a break that you're doing your best. Keep your hand on your heart and speak to little you inside and go, hey, little you, I'm going to get us some help 
so that we feel more alive, more confident, more secure, more safe, more appreciated. So that high vibration that we are is going to attract a high vibrational partner that honors us because we honor ourselves. I'm going to give you appreciation, little you, so that we attract appreciation. I'm going to be real and transparent with you, little you, and our feelings so that we attract somebody who's honest and transparent with us. I'm going to mature. We're going to mature so that we attract a mature, honoring partner. This would be the, the inner commitment and declaration that you would make, and then you would take action. So I'd love, may I, may I share the, the website or the, for people to sign up for the free webinar? Yes, of course. Oh, thank you. So it's just my website, alanapratt.com. There's two L's, so A-L-L-A-N-A-P-R-A-T-T.com forward slash webinar. And they're going to be every Monday live with me, and it's called Come Full Circle to Find the One Heartmates Dating App Live Webinar. I'm going to share with you what I'm creating so that it's a safe place to date where everyone is becoming the one to find the one. Because here's the deal. Couples that grow together, stay together. It's very important. Couples that grow together, stay together. And what a relationship really is at the end of the day, it's a conversation. And we've got to have deeper conversations with ourselves. So we can have deeper conversations with our partner and we can thrive intimately and be really deliciously happy and free and have the the skills when things get wobbly, not to bolt, not to blame, but to sit in that fire and rise like a phoenix and be so grateful that you've done the inner work because you've got a relationship that others are inspired by. And that's what humanity needs right now is a bunch of heart, in my opinion, heartmate relationships where the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And we're uplifting humanity, and that's my commitment. And we also need to believe and trust that that right person will walk into our lives when we're ready for it. Yeah, I yeah, believe it, but the science of how that's going to happen is by doing the work. By doing the work. You, you can stay in fantasy all you want. Oh, I'm sure they'll walk in while I do nothing with my own life. They'll be so amazing, but I'm not going to improve. So, yeah, the belief needs to be there, but without the work... Deeper roots create higher shoots. You can't just go higher shoots, higher shoots without having the balance of the deeper roots. So, yeah, believe it, but also walk your talk and do the work with others who are also doing the work. So you have this respect and honor and the foundation that's required for a long-term thriving relationship. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you so much for this important conversation around obsession and dating. Where can people, again, learn more about you um, and the yeah. app and all the great programs that you have to offer? Just, just Thank you. Just time. my website, alanapratt.com, A-L-L-A-N-A-P-R-A-T-T.com, forward slash webinar is the complimentary webinar. But on my site, there's tons of resources and interviews, and there's a intimacy blind spot quiz, and there's connections over to my YouTube channel or my uh, podcast, Intimate Conversations. I have so many resources for people. They could be busy for probably busy for years <laughs> listening to complimentary uh, content. And when you're ready, and I have books as well, um, and when you're ready to do the deeper work and heal, I have online programs, group, private, like at, at every budget and every pace of learning. Um, I got you. I got your back. We can okay. do this. Okay, yeah. that's amazing. And if anybody needs to reach out to me, you can find me on Instagram, official Laura Bellotta. You can also find the show, The Dating and Relationship Show, uh, also on Instagram. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in each and every week. Ciao for now. 